Welcome to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with Ed Riley, editor of AMA Business Bootcamp. On behalf of the entire Strategy Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with Ed Riley, editor of AMA Business Bootcamp, Management and Leadership Fundamentals that will see you successfully through your career. The Strategy Driven Podcast focuses on the tools and techniques executives and managers can use to improve their organization's alignment and accountability to ultimately achieve superior results. These podcasts elaborate on the best practice and warning flag articles found on the Strategy Driven website at www.strategydriven.com. In this special edition podcast, Ed Riley, President and CEO of the American Management Association, shares with us his insights on today's management and leadership challenges and the fundamentals that will help those in these senior positions achieve ongoing career success. So now, without any further delays, let's get started. We are privileged to be joined by Ed Riley, editor of AMA Business Bootcamp, Management and Leadership Fundamentals, that will see you successfully through your career. Ed is the 17th President and CEO of the American Management Association International. Prior to joining AMA in 2001, he was President and CEO of Big Flower Holdings Incorporated, a leading provider of integrated marketing and advertising services. He also served as President of the McGraw-Hill Broadcasting Company, among various executive positions during his more than 25 years with the McGraw-Hill companies. Ed, welcome to the Strategy Driven Podcast. Hi, nice to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I've been an AMA member for over 10 years now. I've enjoyed several of the American Management Association's books and seminars. I've found them very beneficial to my career, and I'm thrilled to be able to have you on, on the show to talk about management and leadership with our audience. Well, it's nice to be here. Ed, to begin our discussion, I'd like to start out and ask you to describe for our audience what you see as the fundamental differences between management and leadership. Well, that's a good question to start with. Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I am the president of the American Management Association, but I, I have been uh, known to say that uh, Management is an absolutely necessary but no longer sufficient skill, and that leadership has become an important part of uh, a manager's toolkit in, uh, in terms of, of being successful in, in running operations for your organization. So I, I guess what I would say is that uh, uh, leadership is a, is a subset of the management skills that are necessary to be successful and a very important subset. It's become more important at various levels in the organization as we have shifted over the years from a command and control management type system uh, more appropriate to the industrial age 
into uh, flatter organizations with a more of a uh, uh, organization operational tone to them, uh, where where responsibility is placed further down in the organization. People need to have a better understanding of the of uh, the organization's goals and uh, and objectives, so that they can act on their own in uh, in appropriate uh, manner, um, leading to success in the organization as things change. One of the things that we founded Strategy Driven on is organizational alignment, which we believe is fundamentally founded on a very strong vision that is successfully translated by the leaders of the organization into the day-to-day actions and decisions that the managers and the individual contributors make. I I think that makes perfect sense. That's a a good observation, I believe. Now, Ed, do you see a shortage of effective managers and leaders within the broader business environment today? Well, you know, there's always a need for uh, for a combination of new managers uh, moving into into each company as companies grow and expand and, and change their responsibilities, as well as for, I think, a continuous improvement and refreshing uh, course in management. You know, as we, as we worked on this book, um, what we did was really compile the basic teachings of six or seven of AMA's most uh, principal fundamental courses. And and it really drove home to me, I think, an impression that I've, I've had, but this, this just made it clear that, you know, management, Peter Drucker said that when people asked him if management was an art or a science, and he said, it's neither, it's a practice. It's an ongoing, I think, way of life that requires constant attention and constant attention to the details and, and when you look through this book and you look through other management uh, books that are, are comprehensive, I, I think it reminds you how important it is to go back and check your, uh, your own management style. It's not, management is not something you learn and then put on autopilot and say, you know, it's going to be okay for the next 30 years of my, my career. Uh, situations change, people change, uh, emphasis in your organization change. And I think it's a really good idea for people to refer back to basic principles on a, on a pretty ongoing basis in the same way that you, uh, you wouldn't set up one of your nuclear power plants and set it to run and leave it for 30 years and not check the, uh, the parts on it. And to your point, I mean, I, I started my career out in the Navy. There is a very command and control structure, though I would suggest that the most effective leaders I worked with were always those that were inspiring and engaging, mm-hmm. besides just simply directive. But as I transitioned into the civilian workforce, I had to update my management and leadership style. I, I couldn't just assume that because I was taught management and leadership in one setting that it was going to be successful in its execution in another. And then when I went from one civilian position to another, particularly when I changed, I'll call it industries, maybe that's not quite the right word, but I went from working at a power plant to working at an oversight organization that governs power plant operations, it all changed all over again. Oh, yeah. And it, well, I, I would think that the, that the management structure, you know, there's an interesting article in the Harvard Business Review a few months ago on the difference in management strategies of the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force. And um, you, it, it, was, it was based on the observation that the missions of those organizations and how they, uh, they conduct their operations 
are remarkably different. And the, the, it, it said, uh, and, and I have no reason to disagree with this, that the Navy and the Air Force have much more rigid uh, command and control systems because of the, of the critical nature of, and the size and uh, uh, importance of the equipment that they use. And the, the Army and the Marine Corps use much more um, uh, sort of entrepreneurial uh, type of uh, behavior where you fight tank battles and individual battles and so on on a different basis. And they used an example of a, of a, uh, a, a very rigid system that they have for uh, arming missiles on, a, on an aircraft carrier, and it's a two-phase process. You do one part of the armament while the plane is uh, off to the side, and the other piece of arming the missiles on the plane is only supposed to take place at the very last moment before the plane takes off. And uh, uh, apparently some entrepreneurial officer or flight deck uh, manager decided he could save time and get the planes off more quickly if he did both those things at the same time. And uh, it caused quite a an accident where one of the planes fired the missile while it was still on the deck, shot another plane, blah, 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 blah. It, uh, it risked the whole aircraft carrier. So, you know, there are different management styles. I would think that the management style for nuclear power plants is going to be different from that that you use in a, uh, a creative advertising agency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we, or in my case, I, made the transition from one of those organizations to another, I really had to update and, and learn a different management style. For sure. And it, yeah. it took a lot of practice, mm. sure. Well, Ed, since there's this need for constant learning and growth amongst managers and leaders, what do you recommend corporate leaders do to promote that kind of learning and growth activity within their organization? Well, I think it stems from the notion that that management is, in fact, a, uh, a learned and practiced skill, and that you have to proactively pay attention to, uh, to developing your management team and, uh, and making sure that they stay current and up-to-date. And, and uh, I, it's my impression a lot of people um, maybe do a bit of training for managers and then put them on automatic pilot and don't keep tracking back on their, uh, on their management style and their management uh, format. So... I think the obvious things are you pay uh, close attention to selection, you pay close attention to development, um, you plan for the future and identify future managers and begin to give them um, uh, kind of visibility and uh, experience inside your organization. Uh, of course, it makes sense to keep your management team engaged and pay particular attention to their involvement and their understanding. They give them the tools to get things done correctly. Uh, because the last thing you want to do is to get these managers well-trained and, and well-developed and then lose them to the competition or lose them someplace else in the industry. So I, I think it, I would sum it up by saying you want to be proactive in managing and developing your managers, not just as people and, uh, and players inside your organization, but their, their pure management skill as well, as well as their leadership skill. And pay close attention to that. Let them know that you value that. Let them know that you value... Their, their capability as a professional manager as well as uh, someone who is experienced in the technical content of whatever your particular industry may be. And all too often I have seen where it's that technical con content that has an overwhelming value placed on it and the management fundamentals fall short 
And then that has significant ramifications throughout the organization, things like higher attrition rates, higher absenteeism, all, all those sorts of things because the workers respond adversely to the super technician that is sitting in a management role and, and is not really performing as a manager. Yeah, you know, and, and that gets back to uh, some of the earliest preparation for supervisory and management careers. One, one of the, the parts of the American Management Association that I'm, I'm most proud of and most fond of is the, the courses that we, that we teach to very new first-line supervisors and managers at the critical point in their career when they're moving from being uh, an individual contributor, someone whose who's, uh, sort of reputation is based on their mastery of that techno technical uh, competence, to the point where you need to get work done through others is the kind of generic term that we use. So we need to, to give people confidence in, in their ability to delegate. We need to give them uh, experience and uh, uh, tools to be able to uh, to set goals and work through other people so that they can truly become managers of that operation and not simply the uh, the most uh, uh, technically competent performer in that field, whether it be in a sales department or it be in a manufacturing department or even in a finance department. Uh, you know, you are no longer the principal accountant or the lead salesperson. You are the manager of a team of people and it's your job to empower them, to give them the tools, to give them the, the guidance, to give them the experience and the wisdom to, uh, to be able to perform their jobs uh, correctly, satisfactorily, and perform well, to bring them along. And it's only in doing that that, uh, uh, that you, uh, you really accomplish your job as a manager and move from that uh, sort of technical experience. That's why we, we, we define so many roles of a manager. Um, at AMA, we, we, we think that there are eight different responsibilities that managers have, and they are to be a leader, to be a director, to be a contributor, of course, to be a coach of their people, to be a facilitator and, and help the organization move forward. They need to be observers and watch what's going on in their team to know how to uh, uh, make sure that they can make improvements. Of course, they need to be an innovator, and they need to be organizers, taking responsibility for the planning of work for others. So. It's a complex job, and we shouldn't make it uh, make it seem as though you get the corner office and you shout out a couple of orders and close the door and expect things to be done. And I was wondering, of those eight areas, which one do you see as being the biggest challenge for those people making that move into management, and what sorts of things do you suggest that they do to help them overcome that challenge. Yeah, well, probably we find that uh, that throughout industry, the piece of the job that deals with leadership uh, probably has the most uh, most potential for improvement and potential for constantly watching. Because I, I think uh, leadership in itself is a uh, uh, a complex and and proactive job. Um, I once met one of the senior advisors uh, on domestic policy for the the president of the United States, and and he I, I, it was long before I was in the management development business, but he I, we were uh, we were visiting his office and and sort of describing what his job was, and he said my job is to help the president uh, create leadership or display leadership, to put him in a position where on these domestic issues. Uh, he can actually behave as a leader. 
And and I, I, I thought what an interesting thing to have leadership as a as a, an output of uh, of what it is that you're doing. And and I think that that message is not a bad idea for people to think about. That you need to be proactively involved in developing your uh, your leadership skills as part of your your management uh, responsibilities. Now, I'd like to focus a, a little differently on the senior leaders. So. For those that are in executive positions or director positions, what kind of challenges do you see they have, and, and what are they doing to successfully overcome those challenges? Well, of course, as you move into into more senior management, the uh, the responsibilities of being a leader tend to include more of the responsibility for uh, creating the the vision and being true to the mission of the organization. Um, and so, you know, some some amount of time devoted to uh, some significant amount of time, and and uh, but then conveying that uh, those uh, that mission and vision to various levels inside the organization is the only way that you can operate in a uh, in a less than total command and control structure operation. Because after all, you're expecting people to make decisions on on behalf of the organization that are designed to move the organization forward, and if they're not they're not absolutely certain and committed to what that uh, uh, what that vision and mission and and uh, culture of the organization, what's permitted and what's not permitted, what your your thoughts are on quality control, how you expect to deal with customers, how you expect to deal with quality of your product, uh, they're not going to be able to make the right decisions on your behalf. And I think most organizations today, most companies today, uh, profit for profit or not for profit are are engaged in such rapidly changing uh, in such a rapidly changing world that they need eyes and ears and people committed to uh, to moving the organization uh, forward at all levels of the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, the most effective leaders I've ever worked with were those that could do that communication at all levels of the organization. So as I, I as a junior person, way down in the organization, what they said to me and what they said to their senior leadership team, we all moved in the same direction. That's right. Well, and, and that's why I say it, it's so important to, uh, to constantly revisit the principles of management, whether you're at a first-line manager or you're a senior manager. There are so many elements of what we need to be doing in our jobs, and at the same time, we need to be responsible for the technical performance of the company and the strategy for the company and the financial performance of the company and the, the, uh, the transition and opening and closing of uh, businesses in, in other parts of the world. Uh, you know, you can kind of lose track of the fact that you are proactively managing and leading your organization at the same time, and, and all those people depend on you for the direction, the inspiration, the example, and uh, and the, the communication that helps them do their jobs. Well, Ed, we're obviously in a very difficult economic time. Companies have tightened their financial uh, bootstraps, as it were, and ha- haven't really started to loosen things up and, and do a lot of hiring and the like, so our unemployment is still fairly high. For those in the workforce or even outside the workforce that are aspiring to move into management and leadership positions, given these constraints, what sorts of things do you recommend they do, not just to prepare themselves, but really to position themselves so that they're recognized as being ready for these advanced positions? 
Yeah, that's it. It is a difficult uh, it is a difficult environment for a lot of people because uh, uh, you know a couple of things have happened. The the uh, the Great Recession as it as it grinds on, um, or the new normal, whichever we want to want to call it, has in fact, as you say, slowed down uh, hiring and expansion. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that that people need to be uh, Developing their own career skills as they uh, as they move forward, we have a, a a lot of time and attention at AMA devoted to uh, development of what we call the 21st century skills, and I think these are are part of the underpinning, uh, along with all of the management technical skills and leadership technical skills. Uh, we've uh, we've done some research into what. What companies are looking for in terms of uh, promotable people, and maybe I'll just quickly review those and and give you some idea of uh, I think some of the areas people might work on uh, on developing themselves. The four C's, as we see it, to go along with the traditional three R's in our education system as well as in our personal development system, have to do with communication skills. Um, communication has become so much more important in uh, a, a skill in the complex worlds that we uh, that we operate in today. Critical thinking skills. Uh, you know, the world is awash with uh, with data, but accurate information and interpreting that accurate information is a skill which is valued at just about every level of the organization. And so, so there are are uh, ways to develop your critical thinking skills that don't fall trapped to making assumptions and. Uh, and not uh, not really understanding the the purpose of the data that you're dealing with, collaboration skills. Uh, you know, some of the popular new courses that we're teaching at the American Management Association have to do with things like getting work done through others and uh, uh, how to uh, uh, operate when you don't have direct authority, getting getting results without direct authority. All of these things are indicative of these uh, these flatter, wider organizations where where people oftentimes don't have direct control over the all of the people who are necessary to accomplish the task that they've been assigned. So, developing your collaboration skills, looking for opportunities to be in a collaborative situation, I think would be a good way to kind of alert management to some of the uh, the uh, uh, opportunity, some of the skills that you have, and look for those. Uh, Somewhat rarer, but still uh, occurring uh, development positions, and finally creativity. Uh, you know, creativity inside an organization, innovation uh, skills, and so on is is valued almost universally in in all of the people that we talk to. Uh, now, it's part of the company's responsibility or the organization's responsibility to set up the proper circumstances and culture where risk-taking is encouraged and, uh, and tolerated and creativity can be practiced. But I think we, if you're fortunate enough to work for a company that does that, you need to be, um, you need to be alert to and, and be involved and look for new ways to do things, propose those things, constantly be looking for, uh, for ways that you can innovate inside, not just the definition of making a new product, but there's process innovation, there's all kinds of uh, ways that you can Invent new things, and I guess I, I, I add always my fifth uh, C, and it has to do with curiosity. Uh, you know, we're in the learning business, uh, but the fact of the matter is that most studies will show you that in in the learning for your job, not much more than ten or fifteen percent of the learning that's necessary to be successful in the job will you get in uh, formal education programs. Uh, 
you're learning every day from your colleagues, from uh, what's going on in the in the uh, industry, uh, all forms of on-the-job training that are going on. And if you don't have, I think, the innate curiosity about your job and about the success of your company and about what your competitors are doing and about what what new technologies might be applied to your particular uh, uh, circumstance. If you don't have that curiosity, you're not going to be able to learn the new things that are necessary to, to make you move forward. I, I think if you spend time uh, cultivating those five C's in your individual sort of uh, uh, collection of skills, you'll be more noticeable in that management and, and more likely to be uh, uh, selected for those uh, coveted management positions. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. In fact, those are the things that I know that I look for in my staff when I want to select who do I think is the rising star. Yeah. As you were going through that list, those are the characteristics that I wasn't maybe consciously thinking of them of the four or the five C's, but those are the things that I look for in an individual to select them as those that I'm going to, to mentor in long term. I think are going to lead the organization. I, I think that's right. I think uh, you know we we can, I came upon the four C's as a as a structure for this, actually at a um, uh, at an education conference, more aimed at uh, uh, at the the reform of the K twelve system in the United States and what they were looking for. And as the various people spoke on this subject, it occurred to me that the American Management Association had been teaching various elements of those skills for a long time to business people. And as a result, we went back and did some research, polled about 3,000 of our members uh, as to uh, uh, how, how important they thought that these skills were. And an overwhelming 78, 79% felt that these skills were uh, essential and, uh, and very important in the development of uh, the sort of personal characteristics for a successful career. Ed, you have a website that's under development to support the AMA Business Bootcamp book that has numerous resources for those looking to further develop their management and leadership skills. Would you mind telling our audience a little bit about that website? Sure, I'd love to. You know, the, the publishing industry, the publishing, the distribution of knowledge through uh, publishing has, uh, has really been affected by uh, the internet and changes in technology, the whole digital world distribution of books and so on. So when we look at this book, we look at, at how are we going to keep this alive and, uh, and current and vital for people uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, we've developed a, a format. We call it playbook.amanet.org. And, and at that site, you will find uh, practical applications of the principles contained in this book. And we're publishing two or three kind of subset articles a week, and we've got a, a pretty hefty uh, schedule for, for keeping the, the website fresh with new ideas and, and try and, and present some of these ideas that are in the book in practical circumstances where people can, uh, can relate to them and make sense of them. And over the next couple of months, you'll see that there'll be a, the development of a, a very rich uh, reference uh, index that, that directs you not only to some of the resources that are in the book, but to other resources that are available uh, through the American Management Association with the hope that we can uh, sort of uh, make available the broad body of knowledge that AMA has developed over, over the last 90 years as a, as a training arm for American industry and industries around the world. Excellent. Well, Ed, we will see that the links both to 
amanet.org and playbook.amanet.org are uh, included with the article accompanying the podcast so our members with a single click can get right to that website and access those resources. Well, that would be great. Well, Ed, I want to thank you not only for your time but for sharing your insights with us on the management and leadership fundamentals that support career success. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed your book for the practical insights that you provided that will really help readers to improve their management and leadership performance. I sincerely hope our listeners will pick up a copy of AMA Business Bootcamp, but more importantly, I really hope that they'll put into practice the management and leadership fundamentals that you've shared because those will help them to achieve their long-term career success. So thank you again for joining us. Well, thank you very much. It's nice to be with you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast. I would like to personally thank Ed Riley for being with us today and sharing his insights on the management and leadership fundamentals supporting career success. As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider visiting our website at www.strategydriven.com. You can find more information about Ed Riley and AMA Business Bootcamp at www.amanet.org and playbook.amanet.org. Until next time, so long.